Our founder, the original host of this radio broadcast, his name was Dr. Paul Levine. Now, Dr. Paul had a way with words. He was very good with stories, with illustrations, with anecdotes. But today, I'm sad to say, though, we will be hearing a message that he preached many years ago, back in 1979. It's entitled, God Wants Your Body. I am sad to say that we begin with a sad story. With, to be honest, a little bit of a gruesome story. He doesn't go into grisly detail, but because I know what's coming... I'm not really looking forward to it, to be honest with you. You say, then why are you playing it on the airwaves right now? Because more than I want it to make you sick to your stomach, and it won't do that, please understand, I'm not trying to overstate the case. I hope it makes you sick to your heart to know that there are people, and some of them are under the sound of my voice right now, that are going to be doing, maybe even today, what Dr. Paul is about to talk about. You see, he's preaching a message from yesteryear entitled, God Wants Your Body. This story will illustrate the importance of giving yourself to God. You can feel Dr. Paul's care and compassion for the teenagers he's speaking to. Let me ask you, listen in to Dr. Paul Levine right now. Up in the Chicago area is a young man, and uh, we were, I was in a certain church there, and I had a nurse in the church, and she said to the preacher one day, she said, We've had a young man brought into the hospital twice, and the next time they bring him in, he'll probably die. Why? Well, because he's getting worse all the time, and uh, when he comes in, the parents come in, they want to take their little boy home with them, you know, and they don't want to leave him there to be treated. Sure enough, that same week, they brought him in. You know what he had done? He'd gone on another LSD trip. Who decided whether or not he's going to take that, that drug? He did. He's the one that made the decision. Now, look, on this trip... He saw a cigarette burn on his finger that he thought was the mark of the beast. For you who don't know, the mark of the beast is a mark that unsaved people will have here on earth after Christ has come and taken away his own. And without that mark on your wrist or on your forehead, you can't buy or you sell. So you just starve to death unless they get, unless they get around to slitting your throat before that time, before you die. It's going to be one awful time. I feel sorry for any of you if you're ever left behind when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. And he thought that was the mark of the beast. And he remembered someone had said somewhere that if your hand offends you, chop it off. So you know what he did? He took a hatchet and chopped his hand off. And when they brought him into the hospital, there he was with his hand chopped off. They couldn't put it back. Now, I don't know how long that boy's going to live. But if he were to live another 25 years, he'd live 25 years with only one hand. One hand is gone, young people. The price of conformity comes high. You can't sin and get by with it, see? The Bible says, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Be sure your sin will find you out. And the price of conformity comes real high. Another boy in the, in the uh, Chicago area got on LSD. And you know what he thought? He thought he was a cannibal, I guess, because he started eating himself. He ate down into his arms and he ate the muscles and even ate and, uh, ligaments. There's the blood all over him. That's how crazy he was with dope. Don't fool with it. I know most of you don't mess with dope. But what I'm saying is to, is to help you keep from ever using it. See, and those of you who are using it, God help you tonight to turn from it. The price of conformity comes high, whether it's dope or whether it's liquor or whether it's lust. Think of the girls who are pregnant. Think of the boys and girls who have venereal disease. Think of the girls and the boys. Don't laugh now. This isn't funny. Hey, look up here. That's it. 
Look this way. We're not joking right now. What we're talking about is serious business. It's your life you're going to damn. It's your soul you're going to send to hell. Not only yours, but somebody else's that you influence to mess around with these things. The price comes high. Yes, sir. We had a man in our town die of cancer. And I'd been up to the hospital to see him, and I knew him. I'd known him for years, a man that was Christian, but the poor fellow was hooked on tobacco. And uh, so uh, he died while I was gone. I came home and went to the funeral home and went in there to see his dead body. And I went in a room and looked there, and he wasn't there. And I went in another room here and looked, he wasn't there. And I looked in another room, and he wasn't there. There was nobody else except myself and all the dead folks around there. And I looked and looked around. Finally, I couldn't find him, so I decided to leave. And I was walking out, came to the front porch. And as I walked out the front porch, or just entering the front porch from the house side, up comes from the other direction, comes the undertaker. I said to him, don't you have Mr. So-and-so here? And he had, he could tell by the direction I was moving that I'd come from a certain room. And he knew I'd been in that room right over there. And he looked at me kind of puzzled. He said, Paul, that's your neighbor you were looking at right over there. Now, I want to tell you something, boys and girls. I didn't even know my neighbor. And it wasn't because I was drunk either or on dope. You know why I didn't know him? The uh, reason I didn't know him was because the cancer had ripped his body all to pieces and all that was left of him was a skeleton with some skin stretched over it. That's all. Now, you, you start talking about cancer. Uh, man, that scares me. I'm kind of a sissy when it comes to cancer. I'm just allergic to it, brother. I never was much for dying of cancer. My dad died of cancer. And you better watch out for this tobacco. You get all kinds of things wrong with you. You get cancer of the lungs and the larynx and the lips. I got a little piece here I just read today. It says smokers are committing slow motion suicide. Cigarette smoking is far more dangerous than originally believed. Smokers have 70% more premature deaths than non-smokers. For those who smoke two packs a day or more, that figure shoots up to 100%. Smoke, uh, tobacco smoke and its constituents have been significantly linked to, listen now, cancer of the mouth, cancer of the kidneys, cancer of the pancreas, cancer of the bladder, the esophagus, and the larynx, as well as lung cancer, heart disease. Cigarettes may kill 346,000 Americans a year. The sad thing is that more children, especially teenage girls, that the rate of increase in smoking is greater among the little girls than anybody else. If the, trend con trends, if the trends continue, lung cancer will soon replace breast cancer as the number one cancer killer in women. You know what that means? That means that all women ought to quit smoking. That's what it means. Smoking is a major factor in the risk of heart attacks and so on and so on and so on. The price of conformity comes high. Conformity means you do what the world does. It's popular to smoke. And in a school, I suppose it's popular to, to drug. And in a school, I suppose it's popular to drink. And so you gotta be, uh, you gotta go along and, uh, and conform. But the price comes high. The price comes real high. Remember that case I was telling you about the other night? That young man listened to Alice Cooper and, and killed himself as a result of that TV broadcast that he saw. What an awful thing. Uh, loose morals, the price of loose morals come high. Let me read you, let me read you a letter written to Dear Abby. This is, uh, I always read Dear Abby. Once in a while, she might give a halfway decent answer. I don't, you can't bank on her answers. But some of the letters that she receives are very interesting. Listen to this. 
Over the years, this is a young man writing. Over the years, I have often wanted to give you a piece of my mind about your old-fashioned attitude towards sex and teenagers. However, I now know that you were right, and I only wish I had listened to you. A year ago, while still in high school, I started dating a girl two years younger than I. We fell head over heels in love. Our parents were friends and were overjoyed. They gave us complete freedom. There's a big mistake. Oh, what a mistake. Mom, Dad, any mothers and dads here tonight? Listen, the apostle Paul said that even he had no confidence in the flesh. That old nature that we have. So don't turn your young people loose and, and think you can trust them. They can't even trust themselves. When I would go to her house, her folks would go to bed early so we could be alone. At first, we just cuddled on the couch and watched TV. It was wonderful. We were together, alone, sometimes as often as six nights a week. We started necking a little, and then all the time. I started, to get a little, I started getting a little fresh, and she resisted, but finally she gave in for, for, uh, from fear of losing me. Anyway, one thing led to another, and before we knew it, we had gone too far. We started feeling guilty about what we were doing, but we consoled ourselves that we were in love, and that as soon as she was out of school, we'd be married, so what difference did it make? One night we had a terrible argument, and although it had nothing to do with sex, I know it would never have happened if we had behaved ourselves. Anyway, she hit me, and I hit her back. I have never forgiven myself for that, and I don't believe I ever will. Listen now. She went running home and told her mother everything that had happened between us. You can imagine what happened after that. I was going to college at the time. I couldn't keep my mind on my studies. I just wanted to lie down and die. Finally, I knew I was flunking out, so I quit college. The price comes high. It comes high. And I joined the Navy. I saw her on the street just once before I left for basic training. She cried and told me she still felt the same about me and I was sorry and was sorry for what she had done. But it was too late. Her parents had have refused to let her see me. Four months ago, I was in college and had the girl I loved. We had our whole lives mapped out. Now I'm on an island in the Pacific, thousands of miles from home. I'd give anything in the world if, I, if my girl had stuck by her guns and I hadn't been so persistent. Now, what's this young man saying? He said, I wish my girl had said no. That's what he's saying now. I wish my girl had said no. How can I impress that on you girls? And he said, I wish I hadn't been so persistent. Any girl who thinks she's got to put out to keep a guy is crazy. I would have stayed with her if she'd only let me hold her hand. But I guess I, I was like every other boy, selfish. I'm sorry now and would give anything for a second chance. But I'll never get it. I love that girl with all my heart and I will love her for the rest of my life. Please keep telling teens and parents what you have in the past. Parents don't know what can happen when they push their kids into being adults. And kids don't realize they're playing, playing with dynamite when they experiment with sex. You may use all of this letter, any part of it, Abby, to get the point across to young people. It is something that can't be stressed too strongly because the stakes are so high. Just sign me sorry. Now look, when God gets your body, young folks, he's going to put an end to that kind of business. If God gets your body, that dope crowd will never get it, and the booze crowd will never get it, and the rest of the crowd will get it, never get it. But they want it. They want your body. And they don't care what happens to you just so they get your body. They want your money. They want your riches. They are using you. They are using you. You are a sucker for the devil's crowd. They're making money off of your foolishness. Don't do it. Give God your body. Don't give it to that dirty, rotten bunch. Give God your body. God wanted that tongue that was 
cursed by tobacco. God wanted that mind that was blasted by drugs. And God wanted those eyes blinded by sin. God wanted those ears dulled by rock music. God wanted that body ruined by booze. But somebody else got it. Somebody else got the body. And who decided? The foolish ones who made the foolish decision. Friend, I hope you realize that the price is too high. You've heard it multiple times already today. Just give God your all. Don't hold it back. Don't give it to the world. Give God your all. Please, tune in tomorrow as Dr. Paul continues this incredible message. Have a great day for His glory, and God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.